0: Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message.
1: I'm starting a new series. I'm going to tell you something. I've preached a lot of series throughout my years. Uh, I want you to know I'm very, very excited about what God has given me to talk to you about over these next few weeks. I'm very excited. How many of you know we are in a season to rebuild. We need to rebuild. We need to rebuild our our country, our world, our own personal lives, and so on with the Lord. Amen? And so over these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about rebuilding, rebuilding, rebuilding. And today I'm going to talk about rebuilding, returning home. But I want you to check this out.
0: It's been 77 years since Rising Sun met Rising Sun in the early morning skies of Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy,
1: the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately
0: attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. As American sailors slept in their wrecks, more than 300 Japanese aircraft attacked airfields, shipyards, and Battleship Row, the heart of the U.S. Pacific Fleet. In the smoke and chaos of battle, Americans fought back. Their courage and sacrifice inspired a nation. When a Japanese bomb found the USS Arizona, the explosion killed 1,177 officers and crew, sealing them in an underwater tomb. In total, The attack on Pearl Harbor cost 2,400 American lives and left another 1,100 wounded. Japan wanted to strike a deadly blow against the United States and dominate the Pacific. Instead, they woke the sleeping tiger. I ask
1: that the Congress declare that since the unprovoked and dastardly attack by Japan On Sunday, December 7th,
0: 1941, a state of war has existed between the United
1: States and the Japanese Empire.
0: World War II raged in the Pacific and crossed Europe for the next three and a half years until the Axis powers lay in ruins. The war cost more than 60 million lives and fundamentally reshaped the world. 77 years later, the guns are silent. The former enemies now friends and allies, and a memorial stands watch over a sunken ship and her unforgotten crew, the honored dead of an unforgettable morning. 77 years later, we still remember December 7th. We remember Pearl Harbor.
1: Somebody say amen. One of eight U.S. battleships were present. Eight U.S. battleships were present. All eight of those battleships were damaged, and four of them sunk. A total of 188 U.S. aircrafts were destroyed. uh, 2,403 Americans were killed. 1,178 others were wounded. America, or the United States, was caught off guard, blindsided and unaware of one of the greatest attacks that has ever happened in our country. The attack made us Americans become more aware of the attacks And helped us to rebuild. And if you ever think about to rebuild, it means take the substance that is left and add new to it and make new structures. I believe that today that we in the United States are in a time of rebuilding. We're not maybe in a war that is with cannons, guns, and missiles, planes, and ships. But we are in a spiritual attack like never before. And I believe that today that God is calling the church of Jesus Christ to wake up from its slumber and from its sleep and start taking back what the enemy has been trying to steal from our great country. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. When disaster comes to test our wit, our confidence, and our courage to go on, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? The devil never fights fair. He always comes from behind to blindside us. How many of you know what I'm talking about? He never fights fair. He's never going to stand toe to-, to toe with you, eye to eye. He's always going to sneak up from behind you. He's always going to ambush you. He's always going to set you up for attack when you least expect it. That's how the enemy comes against his people. And then this—I love this—the devil's greatest attacks. The devil's greatest attacks come when you are at your lowest of lows and your highest of highs. Isn't that exactly what happened to Elijah? He just got done calling down fire from heaven. He ran out chariots of horses and all these things. And he ran and he did all these great, awesome things for God. He was at a high peak in his life. And when did the enemy attack? When he was at the highest of highs and he wanted to lay under a broom tree and die. But I thank God that we serve a God who is a God of second chances. And I'm here to tell you today that God is a God of second chances. And he's given us a day of second chances that we can go forward that we can move on, and that we can rebuild with him. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Amen. In John chapter 16, I love these verses of scripture because they pertain to what is happening today in our society. And if you look what Jesus is saying, how many of you know that the scriptures, no matter if it's 2,000 years ago or further, it's still relevant for today. I don't know about you that every time I read the word of God, I could read this verse a hundred times and I've always seemed to find new stuff every time I read it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's because the Bible says that the word of God is living, active, sharper than any double-edged sword the word of God is God breathe so every time when you read the word of God you may read it one day and it means this to you you may read it the next day and it means that to you it's because God's word is established forever and it speaks to you right where you're at and so in John chapter 16 it's speaking to us right where we are at and look what Jesus is saying do you now believe in other words what he's saying do you now believe believe. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be hardships in our lives. There's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. But do you believe? Do you believe in me? On Christ the solid rock I stand. I am the anchor. I am the support in your life. Do you believe me? He says Jesus replied. Now watch this. I love this next verse. A time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered. How many of you know that we're a place right now we're scattered? I have never seen the church, man, and people scattered like it is now. We've been isolated. We've been put aside. We've been over here. We've been over there. We've been put into cocoons, man, that, man, we're told what we cannot and cannot do. And with all this stuff, we've been separated. We've been scattered as a nation, as a world. And as you get scattered, what happens, it weakens their strength. It weakens the power as men and women unite together. And what the enemy is trying to do is divide so we become weak. But the Lord wants us to stay strong and steadfast and united together, as one. But then He goes on to say, "Each to his own home." How many remember when you were isolated? I don't know about you, but I didn't like just hanging out in my cabin. I love my wife, like she said. We like we don't like being alone from each other. But I'm going to tell you, it gets a little lonely when you're cooped up in your house all by yourself. And we have to do Zoom meetings through, uh, our staff meetings through Zoom because we couldn't get together. I don't know about you, but I don't like isolation. How many can relate to what I'm talking about? And that's exactly what the enemy, each of us to our own home. And this is Jesus. He said, you will leave me all alone. In other words, we will abandon. We will drift away from God. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. Me. He says, my father is with me. Now watch this. Look at what Jesus says. He warns us, he prepares us, and he keeps us alert and keeps us ready for the onslaughts of the enemy. Don't be surprised, the Bible says in 1 Peter, don't be surprised by the attacks or the onslaughts of the enemy. Don't be caught off guard because we have a, an enemy. The devil is like a lion roaming to and fro, looking for whom he may devour. The devil never tires. He never sleeps. He's always wanted to kill, rob, and destroy, John 10:10. But Jesus, I come to give you life and life more about whenever you think that the enemy is not roaming anymore, you're wrong. He never quits. He never tires. He never gives up on you. He whittles away at your strength, your confidence, and your faith all the time. And if he can isolate you, you know and I know that ten against one is not a fair fight. And so the enemy wants to pull you away from your strength. And first and foremost, your strength from God. And he says, I told you these things. In other words, Jesus is trying to warn us. So that in me you may have peace. You see, all around us right now, with all what's going on, we're in an upheaval right now. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of rumors that this day is gonna happen and this thing's gonna happen and all these things are gonna happen. And a lot of times people are always in the upheaval right now, like never before. How many can relate to what I'm talking about? There's a lot of fear. But what's what he says? In this world, not just in our community, not just in Wisconsin, in this world, you will have troubles. In other words, don't be surprised. We're going to go through the highs and the lows of our lives. We're going to have troubles. He said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Somebody say amen. No weapon formed against me will or shall prosper. Jesus has overcome the world. You're not an overcome. You're not going to be overcome. You're going to be an overcomer through Christ Jesus. I can do all things who strengthens me. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All around me is sinking sand, but I'm going to trust in Him. God, you are my anchor. You are my support. You are my hope. You are my peace in the midst of the storm. And Jesus is forewarning us. When reading these verses of scripture, are we not in this time right now? If you have your notes, the greatest attack on our world and country was not with guns and missiles, but with COVID-19. The greatest attack that's come against our country has been COVID-19. Look at the results of COVID-19, watch this. COVID-19 or COVID has destroyed our economy. How many can relate to what I'm saying? If you're anything like me, I love to watch the stock markets, the doll and the S&P and all these things. When they go up, your stocks go up. If they go down, your stocks go down. If your stocks go down, what are you going to do? You're going to start to frown. But if your S&P and the Dow goes up, you're going to start to smile. How many know what I'm talking about? My wife was cleaning off my apps off my phone yesterday because I have so much memory on my phone. She said, honey, what's this stock one? I said, don't you dare touch that one. It destroys the economy, separates people from one another. Relationships have been destroyed. Friendships have been destroyed. Communication has been broken down. Caused shutdowns around the world. How many know what I'm talking about? A lot of people have been laid off. They're talking about bringing out a $1.9 trillion, again, a relief program for all of us to get $2,000 again. Why? Because our economy and places are shutting down. COVID has come into our country, our world, and tried to destroy not only our world, but also to try to destroy you. Stay with me now. Watch this. COVID has closed our schools. How me relate to that? And because our schools have closed, guess what? The mom or the dad has to now stay home instead of going to work because the kids would go off to school. And they were able to go to work while they were in school, but now they can't do that, and so it's affected the household now. COVID has caused small businesses to close their doors. Talk about a war. We don't fight against flesh and blood, against principalities, those things, are high places. The enemy is trying to fight and ravish our country you know what I'm talking about, right? COVID has even came against the church of Jesus Christ, but with no avail. Come on, give the Lord praise, but with no avail. He tried to take away our Easter, and he did, but guess what? We got to celebrate Christmas on the birth of Jesus Christ. He came as a baby, but he's coming as a man with authority in his hand. That one day he's gonna come to take us home with him. They try to bring down the church, they try to separate the church, but look at you today. We're packed in this place right now, and because of that, you're not giving up, and the church will not be separated. I love this. COVID reminds me, it reminds me of the devil. He thought on Friday he won, but he forgot that Sunday's on the way. Come on, somebody say amen. He forgot that Sunday is on the way, that victory is still here within our midst. Now, you got to get with me. Watch this. In John 16, verse 33, look at what he says again. He says this. He said that I have told you these things. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I want to encourage you today. Have peace that passes all understanding on Jesus. Lord, I put my trust, my hope in you. I fix my eyes on you, the author and perfecter of my faith. All around me may be falling apart, but God, you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. In this world, you have troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus is never caught off guard. Got to get this, never caught off guard never blindsided or trapped by the things of this world. How many of you know what I'm talking about? He is the umpire that calls the balls and strikes at everything that's happening in our world. Jesus is never caught off guard. He knows what's going on. He sees what's going on, and in the twinkling of an eye, he's going to change these circumstances and situations. But because of COVID, now I want to get to this place, and is what I really want to get to right now, that I see what's happened with the church, COVID has caused people to drift away from God. COVID has caused people to drift away from God. And let me remind you of one thing. The enemy does things subtly, one bite at a time, a little thing at a time. If every time he came up to you and punched you in the face and gave you a black eye, you would know to stay away from that. You would know not to go to that situation. But the enemy does things slowly, Subtly, he does things one bite at a time as a mouse on a mouse track. He takes one little nibble eventually until you're like Samson and you find out you have no power. And what happens, we slowly drift away from God and we lose our dependency on God that when we want to call on the Lord on Christ the solid rock and when we need his strength, we find out that we have no strength in us because the enemy has drifted us away from God and we have no strength and power in which God has for us. And God wants His church to be revitalized and touched and strengthened like never before. Like Pearl Harbor had to rebuild, we as believers in Christ must start to rebuild. How many know what I'm talking about? Stay with me. You got to hear what this pastor's going with this. We have to start. To rebuild what the enemy is intended for bad. We as a church have to turn it around for the good. We have to rise up and say, Enough is enough. The years that the locusts have stolen, you steal no more. And when you give back, you have to give back 10, 30, 60, and 100 full. You have to give back because why? That's what the word of God said you steal no more. We have to draw a line in the stance. The road to rebuilding is to return home where you belong, Jesus. We got to return home. Jesus is coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. Jesus is not looking for individuals that are lukewarm. Otherwise, he's going to spool us out of his mouth. He's looking for a church that's hot or cold for him, that's turned on and on fire for God. I don't know about you, but guys, we need to turn up the thermostat. I don't want to be a thermometer. We need to turn up the thermostat, God. I want more of you and less of me. I decrease, you increase. I die, you live. God, come and live within this temple. God, reign and rule in me amen in revelations I love what Revelation says and isn't it great we have Genesis all the way to revelations and revelations lays out the format of things to come in the last days and I don't know about you but some people are afraid to read revelations because they see the doom and gloom and things that will happen but for me I love reading revelations because I know in the end we win we win, and Revelation points it so clearly, but he gives us a warning. He gives us a warning in Revelation 2. He says in verse 4, he gives us a warning. Here's what he says, yet I hold this against you. In other words, what God is saying, I hold this against you. He now gone through the whole book, and now we're at Revelation. I hold this against you, and I, I, I put this charge against you. I put this offense against you. You have forsaken the love you had first loved. You have forsaken your first love. And so what God is saying, here we go through the whole book of the Bible, and we get through Revelations, and God wants to remind us, hey, wait a minute, through all the tragedies, trials, hardships, and things in life, don't forsake your first love. Don't run away from what really matters most. It's Jesus Christ, and he's one that's going to pull you through and see you to victory if you hold on. He says, consider how far you have fallen. You see, like I said, the enemy does things subtly. And sometimes you don't realize how far you drifted away until you need his help, until you need his strength. God said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But what the enemy wants to do, he wants to take that strength In my weakness, you're made strong. He wants to take that from you so you're fragile, frail, and weak that when the enemy comes in to attack you, you're able to be overcome instead of being an overcomer. Why? Because the Spirit of God has been evaporated in your life. And God is calling the church to get hungry again. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after thee. We need to get up in our seats and say, God, I want more of you. Lord, I hunger and thirst for you. God doesn't want now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. God wants people to get on their knees and humble themselves and seek his face and cry out, God, I need you. We need to change, God, in our world. We need to change in my life. God, and I can't do it without you. Come on, somebody say amen. Ooh, this is just part one. I, I'm so excited where God's leading me on this. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove the lampstand from its pla- your place. Now, if you know anything about the lampstand, it's seven fingers, one in the middle, and that's represent Christ, and three on each side. They represent the spirit of truth, the spirit of peace. It represents all these things, and what God is saying, that if you don't come back and repent to me, I will remove my presence, in other words, from you. In other words, God, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's established. But if you remove yourself from him, you're walking out from the umbrella of God, the protection and the refuge of the Lord. And what happens is you're out there on, this, on your own. But God says you've got to come back, and repentance brings you back under the umbrella or the fullness of what God has for you in your life. So he says, listen, I don't want to remove my presence from you. The Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy in your presence, God, that I can do all things. So there's a vital part that we need to stay in the presence of God, that we don't get shaken by what's going on around us. God, I'm going to stay in your presence. I'm going to be established on you. My mind and my eyes are going to be fixed on you. My heart is going to be surrendered to you. God, I'm staying In your presence, because anything outside of your presence, God, I know that, man, I'm vulnerable for attacks. You are my shield. You are my protector. I remember, I'm going to talk about my wife this time because I know you ladies are waiting for me to talk about my first love. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. I want you. Yeah. But I remember when I met my pookie woman. Come on now. It's a new one. My pookie woman. In other words, my wife. You know, we 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 were so funny. We were we we liked each other, but we didn't know how to tell each other that we liked each other, and so we told everybody that we were just friends. And eventually, man, uh, she you know, <laughs> man, we started to like each other. And she always told me, she says, "Honey, don't tell me you love me unless you're going to marry me." And so many times I wanted to tell my wife that I wanted to marry, I love her, but I knew that if I told her I love her, that was going to mean I'm going to marry her. So I saved the sacred moment to tell my wife I loved her. And I'll never forget, we went to a park there in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I had my brand-new tennis shoes on. I was breaking them in for basketball, and I had my brand-new tennis shoes on and so on and so forth, and they were tight. You know how leather shoes are. They're tight when you first get them, and 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 so I had my brand-new tennis shoes on. And so I was trying to impress my wife because I knew I was going to tell her I love her, right? Baby, I love you, right? I just said, you know what I want to say? The way you walk and talk, it really sets me off. (laughs) You're dynamite, child. Oh, baby. The way you shake, no. (laughs) You don't know that. But that's how I felt. Fire. Boom, 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 boom. Right, And I had my new basketball shoes on. I was building up for the moment to tell her that I love her. And they had this big, big uh, water fountain. It was a big, like a, like a, a birdbath thing, right? A huge one. And it was made out of concrete. And it was, it, yeah, I mean, it was just big as a stage. And it was full of water and had the fountain in the middle. And I thought it was going to be cool. Brand new basketball shoes on. I thought it was going to be cool and impress my wife. I started walking on the edge of that birdbath thing. Because I'm pressing my wife, building myself up to give her the courage to tell her I love her. And, and so here I am, I'm walking, and I'm doing good, man. I'm walking real good. And all of a sudden, shoot, there I fell right into the thing. I mean, I fell, and that water was probably four feet deep. And she's out there cracking up. And, and I'm like, what? What? It ruined the moment. And I mean to tell you, my Converse were all wet. Man, I'm walking. And she's laughing, I told you not to do that. I told you not to do that. I said, yeah, I know. You're like my mom, told you not to, right? But I remember, man, when I, when I met Cheryl, we couldn't be apart just like we are now. We couldn't be apart 24-7. Man, when I wasn't with her, I was always thinking about her. I always knew that, man, at chapel time, that's what I was going to see her in the morning. My mind was fixed on her. She was my heart. She was my love. And finally, I didn't that day because I was hot what I did the following week. And I told her, I said, honey, I just want you to know I love you. All of a sudden she went, oh, oh, oh. She's like a paranoid Floyd. She said, you, you you, 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 can't say that. You you can't say that. I said, why can't I? Because you know what that means. I know I'm going to marry you. Hoo! I mean, she was calling her sisters. I mean, telling everybody. The whole world knew. I thought I was going to get in a sentinel. But, but the point is, she was my wife, and I love her. And in our lives, that's what God is to you. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember the day you really met your first love, that Jesus? I know, I know for sure that, man, I remember the day when I accepted Jesus. How many can remember that day? Come on. Wasn't that a great day when you met Jesus? I don't know about you, but it was so life-changing, life-giving. Life-giving. Man, it was transforming. That day, that day, I was instantly delivered from my addiction and my brother-in-law. And they're all watching right now. So, hey, Paul. Hey, Gail. Hey, Paula. Hey, Brian. They're all watching on live stream. They tell you. I remember that day at the Howard Johnson Hotel. At full gospel business meeting, I gave my life to Jesus. And I'll never forget, ever, ever forget falling in love with my first love, the real first love, Jesus. That day, I was instantly delivered from the addictions that I had in my life. I went across the street from Howard Johnson Hotel to a McDonald's and told three people about my testimony. And that day, God confirmed to me, I led three of them to Jesus. I'll never forget that. It was life-changing. You see, listen, it was life-changing, life-giving. It was a new, renewed, found freedom. How many know what I'm talking about? And joy, peace, and happiness, do you remember that? Do you remember those times? I don't know about you, but I remember that. Some of you, you met your first love, Jesus, probably had a snot rags lying all around you. How many remember that? Oh, Jesus. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Sister Mary. Man, you go to Russia, when I was, we built a church in Russia, I'm not kidding you, Mary, I'm not kidding you. We built a church in Russia, and I'll never forget, man, there was probably 600 or so people out there, and I'm preaching, and man, people were getting saved. And you know what they do in Russia? They scare it out of you. Man, when you come forward and you give their life to Jesus, they join hands, arm in arm, just like that. They join hands, and they take you, man, Terry, and they throw you up in the air. And I mean to tell you, if hell don't get out of you, it is now, I mean, they're throwing you up higher than the ceiling. I'm not exaggerating. Woo, woo. And they got woo, woo. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. We're going to need some insurance company here. <laughs> Man, life changing, right? It was crazy, right? Some of you probably had a birthday party celebrating your first uh, newfound faith and your newfound friend, Jesus. How many you know what I'm talking about? Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? What happened? What happened through that excitement? Where did your joy go with Jesus? Can I ask you that question? Where did your joy go with Jesus? What happened? Here's what God put on my heart, and I want you to hear me very closely, and I know that these things are going to touch a nerve, and they're going to maybe touch your heart today. But sometimes we need to be snapped back to reality. Why did you walk away from your first love, number one? Did you have a Pearl Harbor experience in your life? Or an explosion that blew everything apart? That blew everything apart, your hopes, your dreams, your desires, everything in your life was just dashed, it was just destroyed. Maybe your expectations weren't met. Your desires weren't met. You were let down. You were defeated. Or maybe you walked into a landmine of divorce. I, your pastor, saw five divorces in my life. My mom was divorced three times. My dad was divorced three times but also was married three times. Saw five divorces, so I understand where you're coming from. Trust me, some of you may have gone through a tough divorce or maybe went through a divorce or going through a divorce. I understand. I get it. It's painful. Maybe you went through bankruptcy. Maybe you lost a loved one. Painful. I'll never forget. When my mother passed away, you talk about a loved one. Why did God heal my mom there at St. Mary's Hospital in Bracene, Wisconsin, when she had an arm, her arm was as big as an elephant leg. Her sister was in their room Jean, was in there doubting God's power. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, lay across my mom's bed, and I laid over my mom's body right there, frail, fragile, full of cancer, my, sis, my, my mom's sister, Jean, was all full of doubt. And I said, no, out with the doubt and in with the faith. And why in the world, God, did I lay my body across my mom and my mom is there in that fragile state? And instantly in that room, God, you took an elephant's leg and made her arm become Normal. And you showed your power, you showed your greatness, you showed your awesomeness. But in a week later, God, why did you take my mom? I know that some of you have those experiences in your life. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you lost someone that was close to you or dear to you like me, my mother. But I had to learn one thing, that God, I don't understand this world. I don't understand what's going on. But God, your word says to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not unto my own understanding. I don't understand. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are higher than my ways. But God, I'm not going to give Give up on my faith. I'm not going to quit. God, I'm going to stand strong and trust you even though I don't understand. And sometimes in life, right now, some of you, maybe they're going through a trouble in your life and you lost a loved one. Maybe you've been betrayed, been lied about. You pick your poison. Maybe you stepped on a landmine and now you're shaking your fist at God. Maybe you're mad at God. What that does, it keeps you away from God. It keeps you out of his presence. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do is pull you away from the presence of God because he knows that in the presence of the Lord there's fullness of joy, there's strength, there's peace, there's power. And the enemy wants to separate you and divide you. He wants to crush you. Maybe you have said, I tried this God thing and it's not for me. Can I ask you? What is? What is? If there's anyone that can tell you anything about God and how real God is, you're looking at him. When I was in the world, trust me, I had the world by the tail when I was 18 years old. Drink, drugs, and sex. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. And you think you have the world by the tail. But if I had it, then why did I want to commit suicide? My sister who is listening right now, she'll tell you, she'll verify to you, if that's what the world is all about, then why was this pastor so unfulfilled and unsatisfied? It's because I drifted away from my first love. And some of you right now, God is calling us to come back home. God is calling his people to come back home. I remember when I was five years old, my five sisters and my little brother. At that time, I didn't have my little sister because he's by my second father. And my real father, again, my sisters are watching, my brothers watch it. My sisters and my brother, I was five years old. And my dad left us in the middle of a ghetto on 12th Street there in Racine, Wisconsin. If you know anything about 12th Street, all the windows around there and the businesses are all boarded up. got bars in the window because it's a rough neighborhood. And our dad left us right there. I'll never forget. My five sisters and my little brother was one year old. And my sister Rhonda was carrying my little brother. And we were running out the door. When my dad was flying all kinds of words and taking some of his clothes and everything and throwing him into the car, and he said, "I'm out of here. You think this pastor doesn't feel your pain? You think this pastor don't understand where you're at? Let me tell you, I do. And I remember my five sisters and my little brother, we were crying, and we were saying these words. "Daddy, don't leave!" Daddy, don't leave. Daddy, come back. And we stood there in our yard, and our dad pulled away in his Oldsmobile and even screeched his tires. He wanted to get out of there so fast. And I remember on my five sisters and my brother, we were crying, Dear God, Daddy, come back. And when I was writing this sermon, that's what God is saying to us in heaven. My son... My daughter, come back. I'm a God of second chances. I'm a God that wants to refill you, renew you, and give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Some of you are being swayed back donkeys, and you're carrying your pains of yesterday. You're carrying your pains of 10 years ago. You're carrying these things in your life, and you're not walking in full victory. And God is saying to the church, come Back home, walking away is like ripping away a fabric. It brings pain and sorrow, discouragement and defeat. I close with this in John. Next, part two to this next week, and in John eleven, verse thirty-five, the shortest verse in the Bible, the shortest verse in the Bible, and here's what it is, Jesus wept, the shortest verse in the Bible, why, because Jesus wants you to know he cares about you, and when Jesus came on the scene and Lazarus was dead, and there was all this mixed emotion going on in the air, and he saw the pain of those people that were crying over the loss of Lazarus, and Jesus got so involved that the Bible says, Jesus wept. But you know what? If you have your notes, look at this. Jesus wept because once when there was life, there is now death. And Jesus weeps. He weeps over each and every one of us where there once was life, where we used to have that first love in our hearts. Now there's death, and God is saying, listen, I want to reverse the curse. I want to take that death, and I want to give you life again and life more abundantly. You see, Jesus weeps over you. Where there was once joy is now hopelessness. You think that Jesus doesn't see where you're at right now? Jesus sees you. And he understands you. The secret to what turned me and my five sisters and my little brother to the Lord and every one of them are serving God is that we learn the secret. Let me give you a nugget. Let me give you a secret. You have to keep your eyes looking forward and not behind. If you are always looking behind, your past will always keep you from your future. And I had to walk away from my past, and I had to look at my future, that, God, you know the plans that you have for me. Plans to prosper me and not to harm me, and plans to give me hope for my future. God sees that. Coming back to your first love means He will not remove the lampstands or His presence from you. In other words, coming back restores your joy. It restores your joy. Coming back restores your peace. Coming back restores your hope. Coming back restores your purpose. Don't allow yesterdays to keep you from your victories. The road to rebuilding is returning home. And today, I believe that God wants you to return home. As I was preparing this message, trust me, that's my wife. I know in my heart that some of you have so many hang-ups and hurts, and I get it. I get it, I truly understand, I'm able to sympathize with you, I've been there before. But the only way you're going to get victory in your life is you have to shake it off. You see, you can leave the same way you came, walk in the misery, be upset, angry, mad at the world and God, but you can make a change change isn't changed until it's changed and how do you do that Jesus said if you are ashamed before men of my father I will be ashamed before my God in heaven of you and Jesus says today I'm here to meet you right where you're at but you have to draw near to God take the first step and then with every action there's a reaction and in God you take the action step and God will take the reaction and he'll meet you right where you're at I don't know about you but it's time to shake off these heavy bands and give it to the Lord and say, God, I'm coming. I want to let go of this dirty laundry. I want to have a clean house. Will you stand with me this morning? I want to encourage you. I sense in my heart today that some of you need to shake off some garbage and come back home. Maybe you have shaken your fist at God. Maybe you said, I, this God thing is not for me. You need to give God another chance. You need to give them another chance. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? You say, Pastor, I need prayer this morning. You're talking to me. You're talking to me this morning, Pastor. You're hitting the nerve right where I'm at. If that's you, just lift your hand up this morning. Yes, they're going all over the place. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, you're talking to me this morning. You're talking to me this morning. Wow. You're talking to me this morning. Amen. You may put them down. Now, here's the deal. There's probably 20 or so hands that were raised in this place. Let me ask you a question. Do you really mean business with God? Do you really want to let go of that? If you do, we're not here to embarrass you but to pray with you. If you raised your hand, can I ask you, will you come forward that we can pray with you this morning? Come on. Be the first one to take the step. Be the first one to take the step. Don't be afraid. Come on. There's one coming now. Come on. Come on. Come on. There was others. Don't be afraid. Come on. Come on. We're not here to put you down. Come on. They're coming. Come on. Get my hand as they're coming. Come on. Come on. Come on. There was more. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't be afraid. Come on. Don't be afraid. You say, Pastor, I need to let it go. I need to let it go. I need to let it go. Come on. You're coming back home. God's going to meet you right where you're at. You're having a homecoming with God this morning. You're giving it to the Lord. Anyone else this morning. There was others that raised their hand. Come on, don't miss this call. Don't leave here let the enemy beat you up and say, why didn't I come forward? You come, you come. I need some people now. Come on, men. Come on, gather around, Bob. Come on, men. I need some men. I need some ladies. Man, God bless you, brother. I know your situation. I was right where you're at, brother. God loves you no matter what goes on. Come on, come on, gather around these people. Come on, come on, come on. Let's believe with them today. Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. God is cleaning the house. God is cleaning the house. Father, touch these people today. They're coming home, God. They're coming home, God. Lord, they're letting go of the baggage. They're letting go of those things, Lord God, that so easily entangles them. And they're running a race that is before them. Today they make a choice to let it go. Come on, pray with us. Father, there are others that raised their hand, and I understand. Maybe they don't feel comfortable. But, Father, I pray that you will touch them, Lord. Meet them right where they're at. As they're standing where they're at, Lord, I pray to God that they will be able to shake off those heavy bands today. They will let go of yesterday, the hurts, the pain. God, that's the choice I had to make. I had to make that choice, God, to let it go, to let it go. And I pray that, God, you will visit them touch them and encourage them. Let the joy of the Lord be their strength as they're coming home, God. They're coming home. They're coming home. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, mend the hurts, heal the broken hearted. Find bind up their wounds this morning. Today they make a choice, God. Fill them up with peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness. Fill them up, God. Fill them up, Lord. Bless this wonderful congregation. Bless them, Lord. We are in the rebuilding stage. We're rebuilding what the enemy intended for bad. God, you're turning around for the good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Now, this morning, can I pray over you this morning? Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for this wonderful congregation. I love them so dearly. I pray, God, that you would touch them, bless them, and meet their needs according to your glorious riches. Thank you, Father, for them. Go with us, Lord, I pray. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Make sure you get your Valentine tickets all up front. Kyrie Rowland's got your tickets. You can pick them up out front. God bless you. We love you in Jesus.
0: Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.